Welcome back to another Box to Box Euro episode. This time, Women's Champions League edition. As now we know, the group stages, it's all set up. Bit juicy. Jesse, are you okay after seeing the group? No. I think this year, I don't feel last year was sneakily bad. Like, I feel like no one really knew, like, how, like, Juve's level. Yeah, that's fair. So it maybe seemed easier than it was. Whereas at least this year, I feel like, okay, it's going to be tough, but we're prepared. And I get to go on holiday to Paris and Madrid. So not bad, huh? It's it's a party draw for you, indeed. <laughs> I will not be going to Vlatsnia. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> oh, you don't want to go to Albania? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Hard pass. Yeah, so group stages are set up. Group A is Chelsea's group, which is deemed the group of death, although Group C can follow quite closely to that. Um, So Group A is Chelsea, PSG, Real Madrid, Viasnia from Albania, as you might have heard now. Uh, they're debutants in the tournament. Group B have Wolfsburg, who have it quite... For lack of a better word, and no disrespect to anyone, but they have it very easy. It's Slavia Praha, St. Polten, and AS Roma, who is also debuting in the group stage tournament of the Champions League. And Group C is Group of Death 2.0, which has Leon, Arsenal, Juventus, and Zurich. That one's quite interesting. Obviously, Juventus, we saw what they could do in the Champions League, so I think that's going to be quite juicy to see. Someone pointed out that we manifested this group, which I'd totally forgotten about, but we said we wanted Arsenal to play Lyon because they like had played everyone else recently and that we wanted we Joe Montemuro. Yeah, someone tweeted me being like, I can't believe you manifested that Arsenal group, and I was like... <laughs> I, I, I regret it now. <laughs> I regret saying that. Yeah, and finally, Group D... Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Rosengard, and Benfica. I actually think that could be a quite interesting group, obviously, because Rosengard and Benfica could actually play decent against Barca and Bayern. But we'll get it. Jesse, don't give me that face. Anything can happen. <laughs> Last year, Chelsea was supposed to get out of the group stage, so let's not start. <laughs> I'm not sure Rosengard and Benfica are quite up to the... Well, oh, no. I know, but I'm just saying it could be. It could Spoken give like some a surprises. True employee of the zone trying to rack up those views on their YouTube channel. You said it, not me. But yes, you can watch the Champions League on the zone. <laughs> <laughs> as as Alexia Putea said. Yeah. So shall we get to predicting? Okay. No. 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 Let's start. Do you want to do the top two at the end or now? No. Let's talk through them and and then we'll. Okay. Let's talk. At the end. Okay. All right, so we're going to go through the match day one fixtures because match day one is already quite juicy. In Group C, you have Zurich versus Juventus, Leon versus Arsenal. <sighs> a bit depressed about that one, but let's not get into it just yet. And then we have Bayern versus Rosengard, Barcelona versus Benfica. And then you have Viasna versus Real Madrid, PSG versus Chelsea in match day one. <laughs> Jesse's a bit stressed. <laughs> I feel, I feel like you're definitely, you have more reason to be stressed because I feel like I can't even stress about Arsenal versus Leon because that's just not going to go well. No, you're expecting to lose that one. So. Yeah, exactly. Whereas you have a bit more pressure on you. And finally, it's Wolfsburg versus St. Polten and Roma versus Slavia Praha. Okay, let's start in order. Group C first, order of play, order of day. 
no bias here. Leon versus Arsenal. <laughs> shall we shall we say the news first? Obviously, Leah Williamson is out injured. Uh, Arsenal still to confirm the timeline of everything, but she was in crutches in a boot, so that's not looking <clears throat> the Feels hard, hard to imagine she'll be back fit for two weeks. In two weeks. weeks. Yeah, no, it's it's looking quite no. And on top of that, obviously Raffaele went off injured against Ajax in the qualifying match. That's still yet that's still yet to be confirmed in terms of timeline too, isn't it? I think that's that's weeks, not months. Yeah. But again, hard to imagine. I think we're gonna see Lotta and Jen Beatty. Unless Leah Volti plays at centre back. That's not a bad idea. We have seen it before. No Rafael, no Leah Williamson to begin the Champions League with against Leon, which you know what? It could be worse. <laughs> Because we can, I would prefer to have them back for a Juventus match, for example, where we actually have a chance. To yeah, do when anything. do you play? Juve is the 24th of November. So there's a high possibility, presumably, that they both be back. Indeed. So I prefer that. I'm quite, I'm very pessimistic about this match. So if Lee and Rafael have to miss a match, I would rather them get this one and we get this shit out of the way basically there is at least also no Hegerberg for Lyon because they announced that she's out for a couple of weeks too yes she yeah they have yet to confirm the timeline as well but they kind of just said the injuries she's out for a few weeks which I would assume would be up to a month probably um considering how thorough I'm not going to say slow at how Leon players recover, but I think their medical team is quite thorough in the sense that they do take their time to make sure they come back fine. But then obviously Katarina Macario. Yeah, she's gone. She's out too. And they've not exactly been like super free scoring. I've just looked at the D1 Arkema results and they've won so far 2-0, 3-1, 2-1 and 5-1. So like they're not... But is who's who's scoring the goals? I would say the midfield potentially Lissomer, Cascarino has uh, got some, Haran, DVD. Haran and Cascarino. Haran scored a couple of um, direct free kicks this season, I think, yeah. already. So... That one good one that fell really nicely. Yeah. But I would assume, I mean, look when you look at the midfield, it's DVD, Lindsay Haran, Amadine Henri, Sarah Dabritz, Damari Segurola. You would assume that... The Brits is injured I didn't know that. There are a lot of injuries. She's also injured, yeah. Okay, so you have Lindsay Horan, DVD, and Damari Segurola, and Amadine Henri. It's not bad. Poor them. <laughs> Poor them. <laughs> so I would I would assume, and especially with Embark as well, they had to call in reinforcement for that position. I mean, look, you put Blackstenius and Viv Biedema together to run up against Wendy Renard, I'm taking my chance. I agree. But when you have the midfield that, that Leon has that controls the match... And when, as we've spoken before, that you have Viv Miram as a 10 that takes away that midfield position, I would assume that we're going to be, like, overrun in that area. I don't know what you think, Jesse. I mean, I think a lot of it will depend on if Jonas does want to use Volti as a centre-back, because I think she would obviously offer probably more reinforcement, but I think Arsenal would lose so much in ball progression. So... Would you drop Kim Little as a six or put Frida Manum there? I would maybe go with Frida Manum just because I feel like you could accept that 
Leon's midfield isn't like a super technical midfield. Like I see them as quite a physically accomplished midfield. Haran and, and DVD are players who like to get involved, like like a challenge. So I wonder if Frida Marnum in that role could be quite good because she's also like quite a physical player. And maybe you'd get, you'd ask him to drop in more, which is something I think we were already seeing, for example, in the Spurs game in the North London derby. It felt like him was, was dropping more to try and improve that that ball progression. I definitely think, you know, Black Stinius and and Viv, I don't even know who, are they playing Alice Sombath at centre-back right now? Because Vanessa Gilles, who they brought in to replace Grigian Bock, is also injured. So, <laughs> yeah, so they're playing Sombath and Renard. They're playing Jaurina in the pl- in the place of Ellie Carpenter because she's out. And you have, yeah, Pearl Moroni and Janice came in as two fullbacks as well. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. In the last last match, September 23rd against Montpellier, Bon Pastor put Pomeroni as the left fullback and Samra Bacha as the left winger. Yeah. So that would definitely be... I think it would definitely be interesting to see what team Leon are able to put out because I think we're not about to watch the Leon who we saw in the Champions League final because they've had a pretty rough time of it with injuries. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you look at, I'm looking at the lineup now that they put out in the last league game against Montpellier, you have Cascarino, Malad, and Sanra Basha as the top three, which, grand, they are amazing players and can outrun Jen Beattie without any problem. But they are quite young in the sense that they don't really give you the same scare as if you had Ada Hegeberg leading the line, for example, or even an Eugenie Le Sommer who is a very smart player yeah she's a veteran now to not say anything else but she's still you know a very very good player that knows how to score goals whereas Melvi Malad might be a bit more naive when you know a lot of women boy can potentially mark her out of the game I'm not saying that's going to happen for different reasons but it is possible but the big question so let's let's say that Bonpastor comes out with the same back four that she did in the would you? She changed um, Janice Kamen and Yorena in the last match as well. You have Pro Moroni on one side, Wendy Renard, Alice on Bath, and Yorena or Janice Kamen. Who's your starting front three for Arsenal? Who do you think's faster, Katie McCabe or Caitlin Ford? I think Katie McCabe is faster, but I think Caitlin Ford is faster with the ball at her feet, if that makes sense. So I think I'd put Ford up, up on that left side then to go up against Jarena or, or Kamen because I think that's where like speed could could really come into play. Like I think I think Katie McCabe is faster to run onto the ball into space, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where I think Caitlin Ford with the ball at her feet could get away with a 1v1 quite well. Yeah, so maybe you go Ford, Stina, and then Katie McCabe on, on the right. That's probably my favourite Arsenal front three, any like regardless. Or Blackstenius and McCabe. Mm-hmm. And who are your fullbacks? Well, obviously, Steph, if, Kate, if Katie McCabe was up front, Steph Catley has left. Noel Maritz or Van Wadir. Maybe you go with Maritz to go up against Salma Basha. You think? I just think we saw Wien Reuter get caught out of. She got caught out a lot against Ajax, which is quite worrying. I think that would be a really interesting side, though, because I feel like. I don't really know how good, say, Selma Basha is at, at tracking back. And I think 
Mm. The same could, might be true for Wienreuter. Wienreuter is a fullback who likes to get forward. Basher is someone who obviously has huge defensive capabilities, but I don't know really like how much discipline she has in those situations. So that could be one that we, you could see both sides, I think, really exploit or like whoever was the more disciplined side kind of coming up on top. Yeah, fair. And then you have, I'm assuming Jen Beattie would be on the left and Lotze on the right. Yeah. Which, so you would have Noel Maritz, Lotze on one side and Seth Catley and Jen Beattie. That's a not, that's not a bad balance to be fair. I would personally, <laughs> I think I would put Leo Volti there, but I don't know. I would put Leo Volti as well, but then you have, yeah, the problem of, I think going back to that position, I would put Leo Volti as centre-back, Kim Little as a six and Frieda Monum as the eight. Hmm. But I think what all of this like comes back to is it does feel kind of crazy that this, everyone said Arsenal didn't have a particularly big squad and already we've reached a point where like three weeks into the season where it's like bare bones because I mean like look I think Lotta Wolfenboy is a good player but she hasn't had the experience I think we all know Jen Beattie is cooked and then you compare it to a Chelsea who aren't even necessarily what I would say is a defensively good team but they have three elite centre-backs okay they want to play back three that kind of makes sense but in Magda Eriksson, Millie Bright and Kadisha Buchanan and then you've got Jess Carter and Anique Nowen I don't think Anique Nowen she's probably like lots of Wolverine levels to me like but she, Anique Nowen is Chelsea's fifth choice centre-back yeah and, and lots she's of still Arsenal's quite third, yeah. and she still started for Netherlands throughout the Euros you know like whereas lots of Wolverine can't even get into the England team <laughs> it is a big difference it is, uh, especially when you look at the centre-backs. I mean, it happened last season. Once Lee and Rafaela were out, we were done in terms of actual having any defensive structure good enough to progress the ball forward to actually prove that we have a decent attacking players and stuff. Okay, predictions. For the whole group or? No, just for Leon Arsenal. I think Leon will win. I think they'll just have too much experience. Is it going to be one of those where they score once quite early and then Arsenal just put their heads down? Yeah, I don't think Lyon will blow Arsenal away because they're not a full-strength Lyon. But I think they'll win. But I think, like you said, I don't think any of this really matters. I think playing Lyon will be a really good experience for Arsenal, but the games that will matter will be the two against Juve. Yeah. Well, I mean, you saw... I mean, obviously this season, the group is very different with Juventus, but you saw last season that Arsenal still managed to lose twice against Barcelona, draw against, they lost against Hoffenheim. Arsenal lost three times and got out of the group. Chelsea lost once and went out. Yeah, precisely. Um, but obviously we don't have the luxury that Wolfsburg does this season as well as that. But lastly for Group C, Zurich, Juventus. Do you think Zurich is going to cause anything? I don't think we know enough about Zurich to know that, but I doubt that they're going to make that big of a difference. No, I think this whole group it, it, it is going to come down to, to the games. Well, I think between the top three, because, yeah. you know, like we've seen in the past that Juve can cause Leon problems, but they've not had a great start to the season. But I still think if Leon are depleted, you could see Juve getting results. And that's what Arsenal need to be wary of as well. Because that's what fucked Chelsea is that Juve took points of 
Wolfsburg and vice versa. Like if Juve don't get like the last minute equaliser against Wolfsburg, it doesn't matter if Chelsea go and lose 10 nil to them because they would have gone through. They would have had more points than Juve. So yeah, that's why I think it's like really important. Arsenal need to win both those games against Juve to kind of avoid a situation where Juve kind of are picking up extra points elsewhere. Yeah. What do you think of the Arsenal-Juve matchup? I'm nervous. <laughs> I think that one's a... I think it's more based on Juventus. I think Juventus' style is a very different one, and I think that's why a lot of teams have been struggling going up against them, if that makes sense. Obviously, Joe Montemurro, I personally love his football. Obviously, it got a bit dull at Arsenal and didn't keep working, so he had to leave, but that's quite natural, but... The concept that Joe Montemarole tries to imply in his football, I think, is is really, really good. And then you see the players that he has at Juventus that has, how do I explain this without sounding like a dick? The players at Arsenal are good at football and did well under Joe Montemarole. But when you look at them compared to the Italian players, they're quite boring. When you look at the Italian players, they bring in the good football, but then they bring in that extra fiery spice that we've been trying to get at Arsenal. Like we've been saying, you know, get young player, get some spice in to actually, you know, revive some life into the team. When you look at Juventus player, Cristina Girelli, Barbara Balancea, some of the oldest players on the team, they're playing as if they just started playing football. Like they're enjoying it so much. They have the fire to like, really got like get into the game but they're so disciplined that they don't stray away from the football I, I don't know if I'm making sense but it's just like it's a different style of play and it's a different attitude towards playing the best way possible and I think mm. also big difference is that Arsenal Arsenal they have the name behind them they have the reputation behind them whereas Juventus are Juventus they have no pressure behind them in the sense that, as we said last, you know, last season, it was Juventus, Wolfsburg, Chelsea. Everyone was like, Chelsea, Wolfsburg, no problem. Here come Juventus playing good football, decent players. You know, they don't have like a world, a world's, um, what am I, what's the word I'm trying to say? They don't have players that are like on top of the world. You know, Cristina Girelli mm. is an amazing player, but she's not getting any recognition. You know, they're not players that are going to be talked about that often, but they're still amazing players. And I think... I think also the difference with Juventus is that the level of study throughout yes. when you look at certain players, especially with the Italian team. But yeah, I think I think Juventus can beat Arsenal if I'm being very blunt. And especially the fact that Joe Montemurro knows Arsenal inside out, I think that can hurt us more than anything. So I am quite nervous about that. I think the thing that, Ars- that I would worry about for Arsenal against Juventus, having, having watched them last year, is that they are just quite defensively solid. Yeah. Until they kind of collapsed in that second leg quarterfinal against Lyon but in the group stages they they didn't concede a lot of goals and they were very hard to break down yeah and I think we've kind of seen that Arsenal have have struggled against well-organized teams I mean it's not against Ajax right and like that's not to say like Juventus don't make mistakes. The goal Chelsea scored. The Aaron Cuthbert ball. Yeah, exactly. Like they just allowed us to walk through. So there are still those moments, but you have to. And obviously, Arsenal have have a, an elite set of players. I think of taking those chances. You know, whether you're talking about Beth Mead, Viviana Miedemar, they're players who you associate being like real, like one done players. They only yeah. need one opportunity. But Juve will not give up 
a lot of them. Yes, I do agree with that. That's what I'm saying. It goes down to the discipline that Juventus have. It's quite impressive. They're kind of that stereotypical team of, yeah, you know, they don't have some of the best players in the world, which I think is a stretch because, you know, some of the players have been some of the best in the world, I think, previously. But their discipline and their their way of playing, I think, is quite hard to break down. And it is quite different to what we've seen in the Champions League in general. I think that's why people are still kind of figuring them out. But until then, they're causing chaos and it's fun. Okay, give us your Group C predictions and who's going through first, who's going through second? I'm manifesting Leon first so it doesn't happen. (laughs) I don't know if to be realistic or hopeful. Realistic. This isn't a hopes and dreams podcast, Alex. Sometimes <laughs> it, it is. Just sometimes it is for me. To be honest. <laughs> I think Leon can. God, it's actually quite hard because you don't know what's going to happen. I think it will be Leon and Arsenal. Personally, I think Arsenal really. Will them. Yeah, I think the same, but I think Arsenal are going to lose one against Juventus. So I'm saying that Juventus is going to lose both times to Leon, beat Arsenal once, and Arsenal is going to win, if that makes sense. So Arsenal is going to go through a second. Yes. I think Arsenal are going to lose to Juventus at least once. Okay. What group do you want to do next? Do you want to do a quick prediction of Group D? Because we're playing Bayern, Rosengard, Barcelona, Benfica. Do you want to just give a quick prediction of who's going to top that group? Barcelona first, Bayern second. <laughs> Easy enough. Yeah, I, I don't really see... I mean, I think maybe Rosengard could give Bayern a run for their money at points. Okay. They say, hopefully, to make the group more interesting. I think people forget about Rosengard's experience in the Champions League also. I think that can come handy, especially against the Bayern Munich, who hasn't been as steady and confident as we have seen them before. We've also got to consider the timing of the Swedish league, I think, whereby these teams, like Swedish teams, are coming to the end of their league. So, yeah, they're probably more tired, but they're also, like, really in their rhythm. Whereas, you know, we've seen, I think, with Bayern at the start of the season, with Chelsea at the start of the season, with Arsenal, even with Barcelona, I think, you can say, like, these teams are still warming up. That means there's more to come, but... How long is it going to take them to get to their very, very best? Yeah, I think Bayern have started slowly. Their preseason wasn't good. Barcelona's preseason was shit as well. So, well, Bayern beat Barcelona in preseason, yeah, exactly, right? Yes, that was an awful game. Yeah, so it's like it's not cut clear how certain teams are going to do. Looking specifically at Barcelona and Bayern, I think they've had a, a similar start to the season where they've struggled a little bit to get into a certain rhythm to be able to kind of be out of good enough for them to play in the Champions League and and be confident about winning. But I think they've gotten lucky that they've, they haven't got each other in that first, first match week, because I think that could have gone one way or the other without any football merit, if that makes sense. All right. Group A. Are you, do you want to take a a breather, Jesse, before we start getting into this? (laughs) Viazna versus Real Madrid. That one should be quite straightforward. Again, Real Madrid, amazing squads. I am actually looking forward to them in the Champions League, seeing them go up against PSG and Chelsea, just to, just to see their actual level because their level in the league is quite good. 
and their level against Man City is quite good, but that's quite easy. But I am curious to see how to see them go up against, you know, big names that have a very obvious advantage over them. But <clears throat> first match week, PSG, Chelsea in Paris. Jesse, do you want to talk your feelings out a little bit? Yeah, maybe I maybe I'm being overly reacts relaxed but I'm a lot less worried about PSG than I am Real Madrid but I do think I just think PSG feel like a basket case club I mean yeah yes yes and yes (laughs) and I just think put under serious pressure they might struggle they've obviously still got like ridiculous threats but I don't think they worked out how to replace Katoto. Like PSG without Katoto, it's just a totally different prospect. If Katoto was in that team, like I would be like, <laughs> we're definitely going home. <laughs> no chance we're getting out of this group. But I think without her, I do kind of back our defense against whoever they choose to play in that role. Which would I would assume would be Ramona Bachman, ironically. I think it'll be Bachman or Diani. They played Diani there a couple of times too. So, and they've they've kind of, you know, they're doing a bit more of a 4-2-3-1 thing as well sometimes where they're playing Backman behind Diani, for example. I just feel like when you look at their defence and their goalkeeper, listen, on paper, Chelsea should be better than both of those teams anyway. So obviously it's going to depend on like what performances they can bring Mm. but I've always said that I think Chelsea perform better against better teams generally anyway except Barcelona in the final (laughs) except Barcelona who are a very good team yeah I definitely think with PSG Chelsea have the ability to win I think Real Madrid is a trickier prospect because of the style and the players or I think particularly their midfield strength Caroline Wheel back to haunt. Yeah, I mean, she didn't do a huge amount of haunting of us when she was in the WSL. Nah. That's more that was more United she was after. But yeah, like Caroline Weir's obviously a really big threat. You know, I, I don't think we know yet how long Sandy Teletti is out for, like she did withdraw from the from the front squad, but we're we're not playing Real Madrid for a while. Mm-hmm. So I think we play them at the end of November and the start of December. They're like our middle two back-to-back games. And I think... Because you already bought your plane tickets. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have Madrid, but I'm not sure. Unfortunately, I'm already going to Madrid in November. Fortunately. So I'm not sure if I'm going to go again. <laughs> Unfortunately. I am going to Madrid in November. So I'm not sure if I'm going to go again in December. It might depend on how the group stage is going, I guess. But yeah, I definitely think Athena del Castillo against our fullbacks in inverted commas that is going to be very tasty if that does end up being like Magda Eriksson for example that is something I would maybe be concerned about but then equally I do think Real Madrid can end up leaving quite a lot of space at the back you know they rely on Misa to do a lot of sweeping and she's not always sound the cleanest sweeper keeper in the world and I think you know the idea of Kerr and Kirby running into those spaces is quite a tasty one from a Chelsea perspective yeah I think 
obviously Olga Carbona, we've seen her in the Euros. She can handle everything quite decently. But then on the right side, it does leave them a bit exposed. And realistically, the two centre-backs of Real Madrid and Ivan Andres and Kenti Robles, they're not the youngest either. I still have to watch them enough to be able to let you know if they can be outrun as easy as Jen Bidi, but I, I still don't think that's the case. But it's still, yeah, Real Madrid's defensive, I wouldn't say mistakes, because, see, Real Madrid are another weird team, because obviously when they go up against Barcelona, they perform really well in the sense that a lot of the times Barcelona have been struggling to beat them in a 1 0. In the first leg Champions League, it was 2-0. It was a last-minute goal and then a penalty. So it wasn't like it was a solid 2-0 win. And that was like in the 87th minute. So they have proven themselves to play against a top team like Barcelona. But then obviously they have the other side of them where PSG just ran them down very, very easily in the Champions League. But obviously this season they have quite a few reinforcements. And I do think that the Euros in particular did benefit a few players and, and getting their confidence up quite high in Atenea del Castillo and Olga Carbona. Uh, Sandy Doletti, um, she played quite a lot for France. I think she quite needed that. And obviously Caroline Weir is just very, very scary prospect to play against. So I do think it that matchup would be interesting. But going back to PSG Chelsea, who is your starting back three or four? I would be happy if we just did the kind of Perisette, Millie Bright, Magda Eriksson, Kadisha Buchanan, just like uh, as a back four. Okay. Not in that order. I put Buchanan and Eriksson the wrong way around, obviously. But... So you would have... That would be against Magda up against Diani, or... Well, but it depends if Diani plays as a, as a as a false nine. I think, for me, with PSG, having watched them this season, it feels like if you can defend the box well, which I think those four players can do they will struggle to create more. And I think you saw that against with Hecken. Obviously, they're going like putting everyone behind the ball. But I think what scares me more about Real Madrid is that they've got players who can kind of create lots of different goals. You know, you you switch off Athena for a second and she's dribbling into the box and she's like got the ability to like smash it top corner. So you try and defend your box really well, like 1v1. But then if you give Caroline Weir too much time, she's just going to be able to hit you from outside the area. Whereas I don't think PSG, even like Graske Oro is like on this ridiculous like goal scoring streak, right? Ever since kind of that Italy game at the Euros. But the goals she's scoring there, they're from late runs into the box. So again, I think if you can defend your penalty area well, you really neutralise a lot of PSG's attacking threats. Even Lika's goals, they've been like headers from, from crosses. Yeah. They've, so... they've not been Lika Martin's goals. Right. And that's where I'm like, Okay, whereas I think Real Madrid, it, it's more concerning when you've got lots of different threats That's fair. to be thinking about. Aaron Cuthbert versus Caroline Weir could be a lot, if Aaron Cuthbert plays as a six and Caroline Weir as a six. That, that could be quite good. That could be quite good. I think if there's anyone that's going to stop a player like Caroline Weir the way that she's playing now is Aaron Cuthbert. Well, she knows that's what so I'm well, saying. Yeah, right? it's like so... it's like it's the style of play that we saw. I mean, we saw Erin Cuthbert doing in the national team against Alexia Podellas, and she did it quite well. And now you add the prospect that Erin Cuthbert knows Caroline Weir very, very well. If there's one player to do it, it should be Erin Cuthbert. And then obviously, without Sandy Doletti in the back, you have Teresa Bellera, which is fine, but she's not 
Freya Olofsson. Yeah. That's who they're playing at the moment, right? Yeah. And then you have a lot of... They clearly rate her. They play, paid a lot of money yeah. for her. But then, yeah, you have Maite Oroz in the midfield as well. Claudia Sarnosa is always going to start. She's going to score against Chelsea with the same way she did against Barcelona. Just watch. <laughs> I mean, it's a, that would be something. That was say. a great goal. Yeah. So then, okay, other question. Last question for the PSG match. What would be your lineup? There's not even a front three, front two. Just what would be your lineup to go up against PSG? Because also, yeah, PSG, you have Lika Martins. Shaki Runen as well is a good defensive player to kind of stop. She's good at interrupting attacks. So I think that could be important for PSG as well against Chelsea if you're trying to look for Pernille, Sam or, or Fran on the break. Yeah, well, I think a lot of questions around around how you line Chelsea up depends on how fit Pernille mm. is. You know, I guess we might find out over the international break where she plays because the, this game comes pretty soon after it, right? The, the away game. Yeah. But... I definitely think that maybe if Chelsea were looking to actually play this very attacking 4-3-3, like I think they potentially were, I do think the idea of Lauren James and Pierre Lahard just like going at PSG's midfield is quite a fun one, especially when you have like Harder's kind of defensive and physical abilities on top of her ball carrying and ball retention ones. You know, we know that Chelsea's wingers work really hard. So I think I worry less about PSG's fullbacks pushing up because you back Frank Kirby to track back. You'd back Guru Wrighton to kind of do the dirty work if they need to. And then, yeah, I would worry about a PSG defence that probably, like centre-back pairing, that probably looks like it's going to be Elish Dead and De Almeida. And then Darabu Hadi, who's not had a flying start to life as a Paris Saint-Germain player. Off the top of your head, one, two, three prediction. PSG, Chelsea. Just the match? Yeah. Mm, maybe we draw away. Okay. And win at home? And win at home. Okay. And for the group? I think it'll be Chelsea 1, Real Madrid 2. I think Real Madrid will cause PSG a lot of problems. Really? Yeah. Okay, hot take. Hot take of the season. I will also say that I think something that's really to Chelsea's benefit is if they do need to get a result, the fact that the last game is at Kings Meadow will make a massive difference. And I think, you know, equally, if the Wolfsburg game last season had been reversed and had been at Kings Meadow, I don't think you'd have seen the same yeah. outcome. Because I just think that ground is is so important to those Chelsea players and, and the fans. And yeah, I think that's actually something that's, a factor that can maybe be overlooked and you know maybe my words will come back and bite me on the ass but I just feel like if Chelsea needed to get a result they'd be a lot better placed you know on the 22nd of December which is possible yeah they'd be a lot better placed to do it as at, um, at home Kings Meadow I will also say I don't even care about coming top I just want to get out of this, this group I think we have the ability to but I just you, think you we will have in theory you lot. should you have yeah. You have the most complete squad out of all of them, but also the most consistent. And then I think Real Madrid do have the second most consistent squad in the sense that they've been... So when you look at the preseason, a lot of them didn't go to the Euros, or if they did, they came out early. So they've had a quite complete preseason in the sense that they have been trading. Like Once they got to that Champions League qualifying stage they were already in, into a really good rhythm, into match fitness, good rhythm together. And then 
obviously the new players that have come in have just started in very very seems uh, seamlessly but also i also do want to mention naomi feller because i've quite liked her a lot although she's not played as much as i thought she was going to from pre-season. she yeah preseason she was starting and she hasn't really been starting that much so she's been coming on as a sub but a sub against a tired fullback or center backs, I think that could be very, very deadly. You pull in the cutback for Caroline Weir, that's going to be deadly. Um, so okay, I think I I think I could agree with you, but at the same time, PSG or PSG, and they're just such a shitty lucky club that it could happen. But yeah, that's okay. Real Madrid have reason to revenge as well. It is true. Right? I do. PSG smashed them last year, but I just think these teams are like in totally opposite places yeah, now. I do agree that Real Madrid and PSG could be a very tasty match. And if Chelsea come out with results against PSG, that can obviously be to Real Madrid's advantage. Okay, hot take of box box. PSG out of the group stage? I think so. Okay. 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 Someone's got to go. <laughs> it will probably be Chelsea, let's be real, but. You don't want to manifest Whatever. that just yet, Jesse. That's why I'm getting my away days in in the group stage because I'm like, we can't rely on going to Europe for a nice little trip in spring. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> Tried that last season, that didn't work out too well. Yeah, no, I ended up having to order Barcelona. <laughs> All right, lastly, Group B. Are Wolfsburg going to make it out of the group? Another, another, another hot take. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? That would be funny. Slavia Praha first and Roma second. Wolfsburg out. That would be so funny. Yeah, I think Wolfsburg will be fine. This is a crazy annoying It is really annoying. But I think it's Roma's to lose in terms of getting out second. Maybe that's a bit naive of me. I can't pretend I've watched loads of Slavia Praha. But what I will say How do you not watch It's every week, Jessica. Come on. (laughs) They normally are run close by Sparta Prague in their... Um, home league each season and Roma beat them pretty comfortably to qualify for the group stage which makes me think they'll probably be better than Slavia Prague too and then also probably better than St. Paulton like I think Roma's pot is a bit of a misnomer I am I am quite I'm kind of backing Roma to get out of the group yeah I I agree but I think this group is really fun because even though it's like oh Wolfsburg have just got a really great easy group like what an amazing opportunity for those three teams where you genuinely feel like you have nothing to lose. Any of the three of go, any of the three of them could go through, yeah. and like whoever it was, it would be like a really. But also, especially because the other three teams are so even. Yes, it's gonna matter between them, but like, whoever gets a result against Wolfsburg is gonna automatically go out second, or whoever gets. If someone. That's what I'm saying. It's either whoever gets a result or gets the least amount of goals, and so they can actually go through goal difference. So that game against Wolfsburg is going to be pretty much the deciding factor. Of... But you go, don't you go through on head-to-head first, not goal difference? That could potentially be true, yes. Because that's how Chelsea came out. That's how Chelsea left the group last season. And there's also a weird thing where I think they get rid of the bottom team as well, maybe for goal difference there. Actually, it's, it's a really, really weird. weird set of rules that I will need to revise <laughs> when we get to the like that end of the group stage because every year I like learn yeah, it. Yeah, it's different. And then I no. forget it. <laughs> One thing I will say about this group is that I really hope that Wolfsburg use their players in a sufficient manner because they have the freedom to try out different things before they get to the knockout stages. And I really hope that we don't see the same Wolfsburg team for every single match, because I think this is a really good opportunity to get their shit together and kind of 
properly explored. Because, yeah, Grand in the league, you can't drop points because you're going up against head-to-head with Bayern and Hoffenheim and all these players. But in this group, especially when you know that you can afford to drop a point maybe in a draw, I think Wolfsburg should use their squad efficiently and try out different things that they can't do in the league. But we'll see. Yeah, and they, they definitely will have the, the freedom to do that. But yeah, I think a Wolfsburg-Roma 1-2 makes the most sense. But yeah, it does feel quite even, especially because for me, at least, Slavia, Prague and St. Pulton are kind of unknown. Yes, although Slavia is always in and around the Champions League, so that might give them yeah. a slight advantage. But other than that, and we've, we've seen them against Arsenal and obviously Arsenal have scored quite heavily against them, but... We'll see. Yeah. All right. So biggest biggest hot take of box to box um has been that PSG is not going to make it out of the group stage. Maybe the biggest hot take is that Arsenal will make it through the group stage. <laughs> I think most people would probably agree on that. <laughs> we'll put it to a vote. We'll put it. Okay. To a vote. We'll, we'll do. We'll do a poll on Twitter. See what people think. Yeah. Yeah. So two weeks as of recording. Two weeks exactly until the group stage start. Match week one. A few big ones. Leon Arsenal, PSG, Chelsea as the headliners for that week. Breathe in, breathe out. Um, Jesse and I will go through this together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is why you cheat because you get two teams. So. <laughs> I don't even have a Hoffenheim to support. No, you don't. I'll have to pick a new team. Once Chelsea go out in the group stages, I'll. I tell you I mean, what, you can go through the group stages. No, I will support whoever goes through second from Group B. From Group B, only if Chelsea go out in the group stages, okay. then I'll I'll support whoever goes through second from Group okay. B until inevitably they go out in the quarterfinals, and then we'll have to just reassess. But yeah, yeah. fair. Okay, that's my promise. I am holding you to that. We'll see how it goes. You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> buy yourself a Slavia Praha kit once they get to the yeah. backup stages. Although if it's if it's Roma, then those are quite nice. So. That's not bad. Quite nice. Yeah. But yeah, we'll wrap it up then. We'll be back. Um, and there's international break now. Obviously, England, USA at Wembley. That's going to be fun. Uh, and then WSL is back. And then Champions League. And the season begins for us in terms of Champions it's League. Busy, busy. I'm quite excited. Yeah. I feel like this, like we've just had a, a preamble to the real season. Yeah. Because the international break stopped it so soon. Yeah. And it's like, once we get back from the international break, it's like, now we're in the season. And like, with all the, the different reasons that certain leagues have not been going on consistently, it's been quite weird. But I think now with the Champions League group stage, it's like, now shit gets real. This is the season start where everything there goes. Go. Shit, gets, shit real. gets real quite soon. But yeah, we'll leave it at that. And we'll be back soon with a league when the leagues are back, we'll be back with a regular league roundup. Well, maybe we should do an international break. Maybe we'll record track. at Wembley at Box Park yeah. with a little pickup mic. <laughs> we'll see. Alex is finally coming home. I am, I'm going to see her again. I am. My time in Spain is up this week. No more hotel Wi-Fi. Thank God. But yeah, we'll speak soon, everyone. We'll let you know. Keep up on Twitter at BoxBoxEuro to keep up with all the information and when we're recording next. And to vote in our poll... <laughs> the biggest, the hot, biggest take. hot take of the season on box to box we'll speak soon and thank you for listening Bye.